Open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 18, and also you kind of want to maybe save your place in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Acts chapter 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, as we continue our series called Fresh in the Book of Acts. We launched this last August together, and we are having a blast walking through the Book of Acts together. Last week, Pastor Jake preached from Acts chapter 6 and uh, looked at the importance of enlisting leadership and what a great sermon on what it means to serve each other as Christ has served us and how the early church started to see people step up and utilizing their spiritual gifts for uh, God and his kingdom through his local church. What I'll do this week, especially with our partner step of our Connect Track, immediately following our worship gathering today, is I want to talk a little bit about church membership. You might have heard it said. Um, We like using the term church partnership, all right? It's just a semantic change, but uh, at Vintage Church, uh, our desire is to develop a covenantal relationship between the Vintage Church family and the Vintage Church leadership under the authority of Christ, We believe that this privilege, right, is an incredible blessing in our lives. That's why we call it partnership. Uh, We're not demanding things. This is not, uh, you know, memberships have rights. No, we believe partners, we have a privilege of getting to serve God together, to be a local church. And so to be a member at Vintage Church is to be a vintage partner, To be a vintage partner means that we are not about necessarily ourselves, but we're about serving each other and serving the Lord. If you join us for our vintage partner time, um, which I hope we do, we've had each week about 50 people take a next step with us over the last four weeks. Isn't that amazing? And uh, come and join us for our connect track of follow discover, join, and then partner. Um, One of the things you're going to hear downstairs is I'm going to share with you first the leadership's commitment to the church. And then secondly, we're going to ask for you to make a commitment to the leadership and the church. The very first two things that we talk about in terms of the leaders, the pastors or Uh, In other words, we don't necessarily use this term, okay, but deacons, Adam would be a deacon, but we don't call him Deacon Adam, okay? He's just on staff with us, okay? Any of our team leaders, pastors and deacons, any leaders, uh, they can make a commitment, and here's the first two things. Number one, we commit to love God and to love our families above all things. That's absolutely important. I hope, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this because we're a young church and we got to establish kind of the rules of engagement here. I hope you're not mad that I took a week off with my family last week. I, I want you to know that unfortunately I'm friends with a lot of pastors and there's a lot of pastors that pay for their vacations. Their people don't celebrate time off for their pastors. And here's what I want you guys to know. I am absolutely nothing for you as your lead pastor at Vintage Church if, first of all, my relationship with the Lord isn't primary and 
clicking on all cylinders. And secondly, my relationship with my family. And I got to believe that at some level as I'm looking around the room, nobody's looking cross-eyed at me right now. You agree. And so the first responsibility that I have to actually be your pastor is to love God and to love my family. The second thing we like saying, though, is this as part of our leadership commitment. After that first priority, we say we commit to lead and care for our partners and seek their growth in Christ. <laughs> so, am I being selfish or am I being anti everyone else in the world if I focus, first of all, on my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with my family? No. Because it's actually the very thing that equips me in life to do the second thing that is my responsibility here, which is to lead and to care for each of you in seeing you grow in Christ, right? There's nothing wrong. That's why I've entitled this message today, I Love My Church. I'm not going to apologize to you. Can I just declare this from the mountains of Pittsburgh? I love my family. I do. Now, as we went away for seven days, thank you, grandparents, for an amazing vacation down in Mexico, and it was lovely, okay? I will be honest with you, I looked at my wife about midway through the week, and I said, I think seven days is a little too long. I mean, I like this family, <laughs> but seven days with the extended family, <laughs> I start freaking out a little bit, right? And so even there's families within families, right? And that's okay. That's natural. I mean, I'm just going to, and she knows this. This is my family. I feel the exact same way about hers. Three, four days in, I'm like, ah, this isn't my home. Why are these people talking to me still? Where'd that snoring come from? Uncle, shut it, right? That's just a natural thing. Um, but it's great having family. Now let me share this before we move forward. I am very thankful for the family, the earthly family that I have. I just celebrated seven days in paradise with not only my dad and mom, but with a dad and mom that love Jesus. I celebrated with my brother and sister-in-law and their four kids of whom love Jesus. And I celebrated with my sister, youngest, younger sister. She's 10 years younger than me. I've been like an uncle to her. She lives in Zimbabwe and just got married to a pilot from Zimbabwe. And they came over from Africa to join us, both of whom love Jesus. And can I just share this? It is extra special to be in a family that loves Jesus. And I know that that's not the case for everybody here. But can I tell you something? If you would just rewind my family history to two generations before us, do you know that you wouldn't find not one believer in our family? Not one. My grandfather, my full name is Robert Edwin John Wilton. John is my papa. He's with Jesus today. 
He's the first one in our family that ever came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior that we can find. I mean, the Wiltons were some shady suckers from Australia and Scotland and England, and they were crooks and captains of ships, and there was no Jesus. So can I just tell you, I'm thankful for that, and and I don't want to ignore that fact, but I'm also in this moment encouraging in that story because for some of you, you are the papa of your family. Do you know what I want you to start praying for by God's grace? That as the papa of your family, you would one day have your great-grandkids come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All four of my kids have trusted in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Papa's great-grandkids are now followers of Jesus. And I want you to know what Jesus Christ has done for me and my family. He can do the exact same thing for you. So can we all agree that it's okay for us to love our families? I want us to know that it's also okay for us to love our church. And to love our church doesn't mean that we don't like other churches. It doesn't mean that we think our church is better than everybody else's church. And it doesn't mean that we don't care about the other churches. In fact, I would say this, to love our church well and to care for our church well, especially if that church is a kingdom church. And I just want you to know we are. We are a kingdom church. We are constantly serving the kingdom of God. You guys don't necessarily know this, but I actually don't receive a paycheck from this church. I work for an organization that helps work for all the churches, not just in Pittsburgh, but across the northeast of America. And I'm constantly, every single week, probably giving 40 to 50% of my work week devoted to not vintage church, but to other churches trying to help other churches get planted and serve them and love them and care for them. So I want you to know you can trust that a big part of Vintage Church is the kingdom of God. But I would say this for our church. We can't love other churches if we aren't loving our church. That's just a reality. If our home is struggling, we cannot... Be ready, resourced, equipped to be generous to others. So to go back to my illustration, I'm just telling you, if Annabeth and I came here today, and I can tell you, outside of just, you know, the stress of being around my family, mainly for her, right? We're good. We're actually really great. Our marriage, we are really thankful for it, has never been better in our entire 18 years of being married. But if I came here today and we were in a full-fledged fight, like she had decked me in the throat six times this morning, how good would I be here preaching today? So there's a reality that if we want to be a kingdom church, there's going to have to be a call to committing to this church with the purpose of strengthening this church, or let's use another word, partnering, so that we can fulfill 
the great commission that God has called us to, which is to go and to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Everybody with me? All right, I got a lot of scripture I want to unpack. I'm going to try not to preach a whole lot because when we get to Acts chapter 18, which I tried to kind of map it out, I think it'll be in 2023. When we get to Acts chapter 18, okay, I actually want to preach this text again. But I'm just going to use this as one simple example. Now, before we get to that, I want to read the summary of what we define as the church in our theological statement that you can find on the website. Just listen to this. God, by his word and spirit, creates the church, calling sinful men out of the human race into the fellowship of Christ's body. By the same word and spirit, he guides and preserves that new redeemed humanity. The church is not a religious institution or denomination, but rather made up of those who become genuine followers of Jesus Christ and have personally appropriated the gospel. With all those saved for all time, make up the universal church. God has also called believers in particular places to form local churches for the physical embodiment of the church on earth. The church exists to worship and glorify God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to serve Him by faithfully doing His will in the earth. All members of the church, universal, are to be vitally connected and committed to a local church. In this context, they are to live in the present world as the people of God, demonstrating the reality of the kingdom of God, manifesting the purity of the life of God, and living solely for the glory of God. Believers are to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit has given in order to build up the church and preach the gospel, ministering and making disciples throughout the world. So, when you go online, you read our statement of beliefs, you can find that summary of the local church. And what we have started to study about as we've journeyed in Acts together, if you remember all the way in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, the church started to gather together in the upper room, right? They devoted themselves to prayer. Then you go into Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It says, those received the word, were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So there was a counting of people. <laughs> there was a connecting of people. It continues on at the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 47. It says, the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Then you go into Acts chapter 4, verse 4. Many of those who heard the word believed. The number of men came to about 5,000. Once again, they're counting. How are they counting? Well, then people had to say, I'm in. I've been saved. How did they know? They were taking a step towards, I'm the church. Jesus saved me, put me on team Jesus. That's how they knew. This wasn't just, oh, I think it's 5,000. No, there was an actual step of commitment. That's how they knew the numbers. And then you go in Acts chapter 4, 32 through 33, and it basically says that uh, now the full number of those who believe were of one heart, one soul. No one said any of these things belonged to him was his own. So there wasn't just... I'm in, but there was a unity. 
One heart, one soul. Okay, I'm committed to you. You're committed to me. We are one voice. We're united. So there was an adding. There was a commitment. Continuing on, Acts chapter 5. Can y'all believe I preached an entire chapter one week? That was just ridiculous. I mean, I went back and I said, I should have turned this into a five-week series. But we went through Acts chapter 5 in one week. And do you remember how the people kind of gathered together at Solomon's portico? And there the church was, and the apostles were doing signs and wonders through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord in Acts chapter 5, verse 14. Then Acts chapter 6, verse 7, as we started to jump in, it says, the word of God continued to increase. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. A great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And then, let me summarize to you what happens, basically, from Acts 6 to where we're going to read in Acts chapter 18. A significant dude gets saved. His name's Paul. And God calls Paul to take this gospel beyond Jerusalem to the Gentiles. To start preaching the gospel, leading people to Jesus and establishing the church in every place that he went. This is one of the examples. Let's look, Acts chapter 18. In verse 1, it says, After this, Paul left Athens, and he went to Corinth. Paul was on the move. In verse 2, it says, And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and he worked, for they were tent makers by trade. Paul would go from city to city and he'd have to earn a living. In a lot of ways, you're going to read about, especially when Paul writes his letter <clears throat> to these different churches. We're going to read here in just a moment an example of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. He's not just writing, hey, I want you to keep living for Jesus. I want to teach you a few things about God's word. No, he says, hey, how about you hook a brother up? I need some financial help. These were also fundraising letters. He's working, establishing local churches, but expanding the big C church kingdom of God. This is what we got to be about, Vintage. Both and. It's not either or. We never say just us. We're all about us and the kingdom. I don't ever want my family to say just us. We're always wanting our door to be open for hospitality, for fellowship. God has blessed us to be a blessing. All right, I don't even know where I'm at. Verse 3, all right. Man, we're never going to get done. Verse 4. All right, let's keep going. And it says, And Paul reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and he tried to persuade the Jews and Greeks. That's significant. Paul's not just preaching to the Jewish people right now. He's preaching to the Gentiles, the Greeks. For God so loved the whole world. Amen? In verse 5, it says, When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia... I love this. Anybody want to agree if you've 
known anything about Paul, would you say Paul's a rock star for Jesus? Anybody willing to say? You'll never find any example of Paul writing solo. So some of y'all have already perhaps come in today and you've heard me talk about church membership and you're like, this isn't for me. I don't really need to commit to anybody else. Me and my family can do this on our own. Minimally, I'm just going to predict here, you ain't Paul. And Paul needed people. Now, Carl's pretty close, but, but the rest of us, I always have to jab at Carl because he's my dude. All right, let's go back. Verse 6, is that where y'all at? Verse 5, verse 5. We just read verse 5. Go to verse 6. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he left there and he went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord. This is awesome. So yes, Paul's preaching in the town of Corinth. He's once again, have we already seen this with Peter and John? He's getting beat up. When it says that he shook off his garments, why is he shaking off his garments? He just got punched in the face and thrown into the ground for preaching. So he stands back up. Your blood be on your own heads. I'm going to go find somebody who's open to this. Goes next door, establishes the church plant at Corinth in a home, and even rulers of synagogues start to get saved. So cool. Believed in the Lord together with his whole household. Many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. It took a statement of faith in their lives. And then they followed up that public profession in Jesus Christ with a public display. Baptism. We're going to talk about baptism as being part of Vintage Church. It's an outward testimony of inward change. It's saying, I'm with Team Jesus. I love Jesus. He's changed me. And so in verse 9, it says, The Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. Man, what a promise. As we rallied for our volunteer rally this morning, I shared that one of the things that God spoke to me about when I was away on vacation was just that God has got this. I've been in my one-year Bible reading plan in James right now, and God's Word promises that um, trials, we can consider those things to be joyful things in our lives because it produces steadfastness and endurance. Fruit starts to come into our lives. Do you know that Jesus has never promised any of us, if we join Vintage Church, oh, I got the secret formula to happiness and peace and a lack of problems. If you connect with this church family, you're going to find a lot of Slim Shady struggling. I'm just going to be honest. Like, join the party. We're all in the same game here. In fact, I believe our church gets a little ounce of resistance because we're a real threat to the enemy in Pittsburgh. An enemy would love to see this church fall apart. But what do we hope in? In 1 Corinthians, it says that Paul, from the Lord, 
is reminded, for I am with you. What did Jesus share with his disciples in the Great Commission? Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Look, we are going to take membership seriously. We are going to take leadership seriously. But I want you to know at the end of the day, this is Jesus' church. We take Jesus seriously. My goal each and every week is for you to know more about Jesus than anything else. To behold him. Wasn't that a powerful time of worship? Just to behold him. He's all we need. And so it says, no one will attack you and harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. He, stu- he stayed a year and six months. Okay? 18 months. I think that's right. Teaching the word of God among them. Right? And then we'll read as we get there in 2023 that he moves on to another place and preaches the gospel. All right. So, man, I can't wait. I really, we should just forget that, just stay in here the whole time. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. We're going to stick with the plan because people plan. I'm not a planner, but there's planners in our church, and I want to love all people. All right. Paul leaves. And as he leaves, I wish I could tell you that the church just kept living for Jesus in perfect ways. But that's not true. Why? Because the church is filled with people. And people aren't perfect. I mean, it's so wild to me. One of the reasons, the biggest excuse I find in the world today of people not aligning themselves with a church or joining a church is they're like, that's a bunch of hypocrites. And I, I just, what, what are you thinking? What are you expecting? Can I go ahead and just tell you, uh, if you join Vintage Church, will you do this this afternoon? I want you to go ahead and get out a note. And I want you to write on the note, I forgive you, Pastor Rob. I plan on messing up. I plan on not calling you back sometimes. I plan on not always clicking on all cylinders. I I plan on that. And so please go ahead. Please go ahead and give people the benefit of the doubt when you join this church. Don't demand a grace that you're not willing to give to others. I'm so sick and tired, I'll be honest, of what's on social media that just people come into churches being skeptics, saying that those are a bunch of hypocrites. Paul plants his church, and he leaves, and this isn't perfect church. This isn't heaven yet. Still a fallen church, battling with sin, struggling, and so Paul has to write a letter to help them. Aren't you thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ? One of the reasons why we need church membership is accountability. I want a brother or a sister to come alongside me when I mess up. We're not a church. It's okay to not be okay here at this church, but it's not okay to stay not okay. Because we actually believe that this Jesus thing helps us. We actually believe we can grow in Christ. We can learn from our mistakes. And so... I can't really help you if you don't commit. I never know if you're around or whatever else. But I'm thankful when someone comes up to me. Some of y'all have done that to me over the last year. And you've pulled me aside on a Sunday morning and just said, Pastor Rob, I don't, I don't need to know. I just want you to know. I can notice you're struggling, and I've, I'm going to pray for you while you preach today. I got your back. I need that. 
I'm sharing some Sundays I get up and I wish I could watch myself at home on TV. I don't want to be here. We all struggle. We're all in our flesh. All right, so you got that context? Paul's now writing back to this church plant that he planted. And it's not all bad. Read 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Some of us, you are killing it. Good job. Keep going. But a lot of it's correction. And that's a good thing. Paul, in his introduction to this letter, reminds them of some basic things about the church. And so let's just look at it real quick. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother, Sosthenes. <laughs> I like saucy. Sosthenes represents the local church in Corinth. All right? Now I'm really going to frustrate you. Go back to Acts 18. I'm going to show you why Paul loves Sosthenes so much. He's not writing vaguely. These are friends. These are people he loves. Can I just, this is in my notes. Do you know what I, I really love about this season at Vintage Church? Your friends, your people I love. If, if we're not doing, what are we doing? This ain't some robotic institution. This is a relationship. And that's what makes life click for me. All right, verse 12 of Acts chapter 18. I'm going to show you saucy. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal. What did the Lord just tell Paul? I am with you, don't stop preaching. He didn't say, I am with you, don't stop preaching, you'll never get beat up again. He just said, I'm with you, don't stop preaching. Check this. I knew this message was going to get me in trouble. Jake's back there freaking out because he, he has a reservation to Wendy's at 1 p.m. The Jews made a united attack on Paul. I don't know where that came from. Do you even like Wendy's? I don't know. Whatever, whatever Lauren wants, she's about to pop. Whatever she wants for lunch, you get it. Lauren's about to have a baby. All right, verse 13. Uh, saying, this man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Galileo said to the Jews, if it were a matter of wrongdoing a vicious crime, O oh Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it's a matter of questions about words or names or your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. Check this. Here comes Saucy. And he drove them from the tribunal. Daggum Saucy has to pay for what Paul just did. It says, and they seized Saucenes. Poor Saucenes. Paul's the one causing all the problems right now. And it says they seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him <laughs> in front of the tribunal. But Galileo paid no attention to any of this. Can y'all, 
Like, at some level, Paul, if nothing else, mentions Sosthenes because he owes Sosthenes some love. So he goes, I know we got a lot of people saved back at the church at Corinth, and old Saucy ain't even your lead pastor, but let me just tell you something. This is my dude. That just speaks about something a little deeper here. It's people sacrificing for each other. I don't want you to do it right now, but one of my best friends in all of the world is the executive pastor of Vintage Church New Orleans, the church that I had the privilege of planting in New Orleans in 2008. Pastor Brick is his name. His name's Matt Brichetto. That kind of sounded sissy to me as an executive pastor, so I nicknamed him Brick, and it stuck. Sorry if your name's Brichetto. And so we call him Pastor Brick. I've told you this story. Be careful Googling my name in New Orleans because we had some trouble with the law as we had to expand our property. Neighbors got mad at us for being too loud. And do you know that two consecutive Sundays, while I was preaching in a climate-controlled tent of which our parish gave us permission to do, poor Brick was being arrested given two misdemeanors. (laughs) Poor guy's got a, a record. Because of my preaching. So, sometimes when I write a letter back to Vintage Church New Orleans, I say, to Vintage Church of New Orleans and Pastor Brick. Because he's got a special place in my heart. Everybody seeing the, the personal connections here. All right, now go back to 1 Corinthians. Because we're going to find just a couple things as we close here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 through 3 says this. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the church? Here's a church 101 for all of us. This is actually beginning the partner step that you're about to take. So you're going to get a little introduction of what we would discuss downstairs. We share this verse. First of all, the church is created by God. It says to the church of God. I don't care what denomination this is. I don't care if we come into a church that's been hundreds of years old and, man, you've got like great-grandparents that have been sitting in the same pews for years and years. None of this is ours. The church is created by God. The church is saved for God. It says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctification follows justification. Those who have been saved... For God, right, are those who are the church. And this is not to be judgmental to you. Because we at Vintage Church practice hospitality. Do you all know the difference between hospitality and fellowship? Hospitality is opening up your life to someone who's not necessarily like you, believes like you, or whatever. Fellowship is hanging with people that are you. We believe in hospitality at Vintage Church. 
And we want you to know that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we love you and you are welcome to be at anything that we're a part of. We want you to come to be a part of anything that we do in the city as we go and serve. But we do want you to know you cannot be a part of the church of Jesus Christ without Jesus Christ. So have you been saved for God? The church is one who's been saved for God. Next, together in God. Called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we also know that the church is focused on God. They call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in their unity. I'm okay with any scrutiny you want to give to Vintage Church. Is Vintage Church worshiping God? That's a good thing for you to ask. If maybe Vintage Church isn't your church and you go and visit another church, ask that. Scrutinize that. May we be a people who worship God. And lastly, blessed from God. You see grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we close, let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 to 9. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. Paul then goes on, and remember this is not just a, a greeting, but it's a reminder of the basics of who they are because they've lost their ways. Let me read it. Paul says, first of all, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you, as Annabeth and I were away this week, repeatedly we just said how thankful we were for this season, for these people, for this time. But at the end of the day, it's, we can all be honest. It's the grace of God that even enables us to be good friends to each other. To be on mission together. <laughs> My flesh would not have me up here. It's God and his grace. And that will humble us if we've come in here thinking everybody's a hypocrite. What, what levels the playing field here is we've all been given grace. It says in verse 5 that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what the Lord shared with Paul, I am with you always, that's all you need. Paul here reminds the church plant in Corinth, God is faithful. He's been with me always. I'm in another crazy town preaching Jesus right now, scared for my life. But God is with me, and God is with you too. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So just so you know, why, why should you be a part of a church? We first, who is the church? Why should we be a part of a church? We're thankful for Jesus. 
We're thankful for Jesus. What a great place to come and be a part of each and every week to worship and to be reminded of how amazing Jesus is. What a great people to unite with because we don't just go to church, we are the church. And to connect with throughout the week, to live the gospel, serve the city, be the church, and to be thankful for Jesus. Man, what a mission statement for you to have in life. Man, I don't know a whole lot about that person, but I know that that person was thankful for Jesus. And as we are thankful for Jesus, three very specific things that Jesus does for us. When we are connected with a local church, number one, he enriches his church in truth. Look at verse 5 and verse 6. You're enriched in him with all speech and knowledge. Secondly, he equips his church in love. He equips his church in love. Verse 7, you're not lacking in any spiritual gift. Then number three, he sustains his church in community. All the way, sustaining us to the end. Verse 8, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called. God is faithful, Vintage Church. And I believe that as we close out now in prayer, and as we take steps together to make a covenant with each other, I believe that God will continue to be faithful to the end. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Today, one of the things you're going to find as we close out our worship time today and take a next step together, we're going to go downstairs and we're going to have even a shorter time because I've gone a little bit longer, but I just didn't want to rush that any faster. We're just going to go through the leadership commitment and then we're going to go through the, the vintage partner commitment. I want you to know, we are actually going to ask for nobody today to make the commitment. And here's the reason. All we're going to do right now today is we're going to present this to you. And then we want you, together with your family, to pray about this to God. Because at the end of the day, if you join Vintage Church or become a part of this family because of my brilliance and eloquence today, of which you want me to sign your Bible right now, that ain't going to keep you here. Maybe it was the, the, the high note that Josiah hit on one of those songs. You were, that's the reason why you're coming to Vintage. That's not going to sustain you here. Maybe even it's you've made a couple friends, and, and those things are good. I hope you've made some friends, and you've got some people you can trust in here, and you actually like hanging out with them, and maybe you'll meet the France family at Wendy's afterwards and all hang out together. That ain't going to sustain you here. What unites us is the call of God. What I offer Annabeth is not going to keep me married to Annabeth. The call of God is what keeps me married to Annabeth. The covenant that I've made with the Lord and her. And so we want you today to prepare your heart in just a few moments to just hear what it means to be a part of our church, for you to pray about that, and then for you to listen to Jesus and do what he says, okay?
Let me pray for us. God, I pray that as we wrap up worship here today, God, even for my friends that are at home online right now, God, I pray that there's a stirring within their hearts to love the church. Jesus, you love your church. You love your church. God, I pray that all those stats are telling us that more and more people just want to occasionally attend a church or scope out a church online. Fewer and fewer people want to make a commitment to a church. God, I pray that in at least our city, as I get to love on pastors and other churches, I pray for a movement of church partnership to spread. God, I pray that in that partnership, then, Lord Jesus, we would be a people who seek out and save the lost, welcoming people into the family of God. All together, all tribes, all denominations, the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.